Welcome to another episode of Botox and Burpees. I'm Dr. Sam Ree, plastic surgeon and CrossFit coach, host of this podcast where we talk about plastic surgery, CrossFit, and everything in between. You can find more information at our website, BotoxandBurpees.com, and make sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. So this is actually going to be the last Burpees and Bot, uh, sorry, Burpees and Botox <laughs> Botox podcast. and Burpees. Botox and Burpees <laughs> podcast with coach and owner Dave Syvertson, CrossFit Bison, and me, Sam Ray. I got traded. Yeah, we got some bigger and better plans <laughs> coming up in the future, but I think this is going to be one of the most important podcasts that we've had yeah. up to this time. And it's really about lessons from the 2021 Open and what to take away and learn from for the future. Yep, and where to go from here. Where yep. to go from here. So let's, re- let's recap the open, not break down every wad in particular, but let's talk about it in its entirety. And what did you think about it? So th- this year, it was three weeks. Every year prior to this, it was five or six weeks, right? Or five or six tests, I should say, of fitness. Right. And Dave Castro has been quoted as saying that it was three weeks partially because of COVID. So they don't know if they're going to keep it three weeks. I will say that for the gym, for the general public, I think three weeks is a better number than five because every year we've done this and we make the Open a big deal here. At the end of three to four weeks, people are like, when is this thing over? Absolutely. <laughs> so I think the three weeks is a good metric for everyone as long as the tests are put together, which you have to trust CrossFit at this point that they can do that over the course of three weeks, that you're looking at it being a three-week test from now on. In my opinion, I don't know that for a fact at all. And that's where the Open's going to go from here. And, and this year, you had three tests that really found holes in everybody's fitness. It seems like the universal feedback is three weeks was very positive. Yeah. Easier for affiliates. Yep. Easier for individuals. And also with the addition of quarterfinals, you really have right. the extension of what used to be the Open two right. weeks later for the next stage. So it doesn't make sense for them to have five weeks and then another quarterfinals right after that. And you can really find out a lot in three weeks. You don't need five workouts, five weeks, or maybe even six workouts in some years to find out like, all right, where you are, where are you fitness wise in relation to CrossFit? I think three weeks is enough. And this year it was three weeks, but it had four tests. So you might see that in the future. It might always be something, a format like that. And the reason why I like that is because it gives your general CrossFitter a three-week test and then you're done. But it gives your diehards, the people that really put a lot of thought, effort, energy into training for the Open, it gives them an opportunity to prolong this to the quarterfinals, which we'll, we'll talk about next. And I really think that this format, it makes a next stage attainable for everybody. And I mean that. Now, when I say that might be attainable for you next year, or it might be attainable for you three years from now. It means that the Open's orientation was a little different this year in terms of what they were testing for those four tests that they had. Yeah. And this year, the first one, jump rope and wall walk. Nobody saw that coming. Yep. And even the, the best CrossFit minds out there, nobody saw wall walks coming. And that's where you just, I feel like you have to sit back and trust the, the powers that be within this sport, within this fi- uh, fitness program, that they're going to they're gonna test you in ways that you really can't plan for because CrossFit is all about the unknowable and your general fitness should take over at some point. And I think this year, 
it was also COVID friendly. They were trying to, as much as they could, make it COVID friendly because there's a lot of people that could not do these workouts at gyms still or around the globe. This is the thing that goes outside of America. So there's still countries out there that are locked down that didn't have access to a gym. So do I think that you're going to see this much body weight movement in every single open from here on out? No, but I think you should be prepared for it. Absolutely. Okay, we finished the open. Yep. You're telling us that top 10% is attainable. Yeah, absolutely. For most athletes that yep. are shooting for, if they want to. Yep. And if I'm an athlete that says, okay, I was reasonably close or I feel like I have the potential to be there, I agree with you, what do I have to do starting today? So there's three things, and we'll dive into them separately, more in depth, but there's three things. One of them is you have to be able to move your body, and that's probably one of the most overlooked components of CrossFit that especially the further you get into it, especially if you start lighting like the more, the higher skill work or the barbell work or the strength work. We'll dive into that a bit deeper later. A step two is conditioning. Pretty much every single test in the open centers around conditioning and capacity. And number three is strength. And we'll talk, in, we'll talk about that deeper later, but it's also, you know, just make, the, make sure you don't make the mistake that strength is only associated with the barbell moving exterior load. Now, there's a lot of strength that occurs outside of that realm that we'll go into, but those are the three things. You have to move your body better. You need to be better conditioned or put more thought into your conditioning and then you need to get stronger. Now, when you're thinking about these three things, do you trust your box's programming to get you there? Do you have to start setting your own goals with this? Do you need some help? Yeah, I would say this, right? If your gym, like Bison, but there's other gyms that do this well, if your gym puts a lot of credence into the Open, I really think one of the reasons I like the Open is it's really the only true objective test in CrossFit throughout the year. Like your daily whiteboard, I don't know if you're cheating or not. I don't know if you're locking out your elbows. I don't know if you're squatting below parallel. I don't know if you're doing things to standard. And then you start going down the path of, you know, not every gym is set up like ours. Like how close are you to the door on the running workouts? Like how close is your pull-up bar to the wall? All those little things, they do make a lot, of, they can create false narratives when in relation to your fitness or your progress within fitness. I think that if your gym takes the open serious, which it should. If you're across a gym, you should take the open serious, right? That is your lone objective barometer that you can use for out year to year. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I can say that I probably look at 60, 70 different members open scores throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Like in the middle of July, mm -hmm. I might look at your scores mm -hmm. and be like, all right, where was he on this workout, that workout, this because this workout tested strength. Mm -hmm. This workout tested gymnastics capacity. This one tested conditioning, grunt work, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's out there for everyone to see at all times. You have judges or your gyms. You should have judges when you do the open that mm -hmm. hold you to the standard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that the gym's programming should center around that because not every single workout of every single day, but it should center around the open because it's really the lone objective test for someone. And now... Because the top 10%, the next stage after the Open is attainable mm -hmm. by thousands and thousands of people, mm -hmm. you're going to have people striving for that. In the past, it's just been regionals or sanctionals mm -hmm. or last year, just the games. Right. Like, that's why the enrollment of the Open went down for a while. It was like, all right, I'm not going to go to the games. Why would I do the Open? Right. Now it's, hey, if I'm top 7,000 mm -hmm. in North America, mm -hmm. I'm going to make the next stage. Yeah. And that's a little bit more attainable. So, yeah, I think that your gym's program should absolutely center around it. And if it doesn't, you should probably seek some outside help. 
I love that chance to play the next stage. That, yeah. that means a lot for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, we had some people here. It's funny that I contacted them after the open. And I was like, hey, by the way, it looks like you're going to make the top 10%. They didn't even know. <laughs> they were like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. I made it? Really? And that was probably like one of my favorite moments about the open was like letting someone else. I, I thought they knew. But like they... They had no idea that they were top 10%. And that's, that's a badge of honor, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. That you work your butt off for, honestly, for years. Because that's what it takes now. There's just too many people doing this now. Like, you're not going to do this for a year and then all of a sudden be up there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, like, times where you don't want to get out of bed. You still went to the gym. You didn't feel great. Still went to the gym. You, did, you hated that day's workout. You still went to the gym. And to see a fruit of your labor like that, I hope it inspires people that are on the outside looking in, but I also it helps inspire the people that made it this year. That's going to be something they try to do every single year. I think the thing that is the, the best part is that it makes you fit without even realizing that's what you're doing. You're shooting for these goals, and what the process ends up making you a very fit person yeah. in a way that you would never have challenged yourself right. for. So that's really the end result is, yes, you want to shoot for these goals, but you know what? You get super healthy because you're not able to screw around with your body so much if exactly. these are your goals. And I'll tell you what, I also think that it, a lot of times you're like, hey, I want to be the fittest version of myself. But you're like, you know what? I have a job. I have a family. I can't spend more hours than I already do at the gym. Almost all of our athletes that made top 10%, they work out an hour a day, five to six days a week. But you know what they do? They eat right. Yes. They their focus lifestyle. on their outside yep. um, lifestyle. Yep. They do have fun. They all do. Absolutely. But they're really disciplined about how they yep. measure out their lifestyle. Like in the past, if you want to make a sanctional regional, there you have to make major sacrifices outside the gym. Like you'd have to train twice a day. Like the sport just got so big and so competitive that and if you still want to make the semifinals, which we could bring about, or even the games, if that's a lofty goal of yours. Mm -hmm then yeah, you're going to have to change a lot about your life. But to make the top 10%, like you really can just come in, work your butt off, mm -hmm. take care of your shit outside the gym. So let's talk about this foundational improvement. So yep. the first thing was moving your body, which is basically what you mentioned, body weight movements. Yep. So I'll answer this. Look at all the CrossFit movements from this open. Let's just use this open as an example. Yeah. The majority of them, you were not moving an exterior load. Right. Burpees, box jumps. Wall walks, wall walks, jump rope, jump. burpee box jump overs, toes bar, pull ups, muscle ups, yeah. right? And the bar and the weight that you did move within the actual conditioning components of the workouts were on the light side, right? You had the 95 pound thruster and front squat, and you had a 50 pound dumbbell. Mm -hmm. That's not heavy. Mm -hmm. And then you had the strength test at the end, but it was still after a workout. That's one thing that I think I watch this gym all the time. We have a very fit gym, we have a very classic CrossFit gym. You can tell. The people that did really well in the Open this year, they do really well on bodyweight days. And it's not because they love gymnastics. It's not because they, they're weak. It's not because they're not capable. They pay attention to how well they're squatting in an air squat workout because it impacts how they do wall balls and thrusters. And, that, and the, the wall walks, right? Moving your bodyweight. We have some strong dudes here, strong guys and girls that really struggle on that. 
All right, why did they struggle? It has nothing to do with strength. It's not because they're too heavy. The overhead mobility wasn't great. So you start thinking about like, why isn't my overhead mobility great? Like maybe I don't do, do enough mobility work. Maybe I don't put any attention into my stretching pre-workout because I just want to wad and go home and check that box. Moving your body is not just about doing burpees, push-ups, and sit-ups. It's about mobilizing your body so that when you do air squat workouts, it looks perfect. And when you're hanging from the rig and we talk about hollow and arch positions, when you're doing a kip and a warm-up, or we talk about scat pull-ups, it's not just because the book tells us that we should prepare athletes that way. The better you get at that stuff, it will translate to every movement that needs that position. A lot of times, like if I said, if I went up to a common crossfitter and said, like, hey, let's get better at toes bar, like, all right, I'm just going to do better. I'm just going to do uh, toes bar EMOM every week. It'll help, but it has a cap on it. If you don't have the other accessory components to it set up, your lat strength, your grip strength, your hollow position, your arch position, your core strength, your body awareness when you're under fatigue, it doesn't translate to an open test, right? Because we all get to this point. I don't think everyone realizes this. You all get to a point in an open test where your, your body is at near failure, so what happens at that moment? Do you have the body awareness, the coordination, because you've been there before, because you've done it so many times over the course of the year that you pay attention to those little details that it translates to a workout? So how do you best do these comp, like the classic CrossFit saying is do these common things uncommonly yeah, well. Yeah, right. So your air squat should translate into your front squat. It should look the same as a back squat right. and it should be the same whether you're right. body weight or you're lifting 300 pounds. Yeah. So as you move through these and like a classic Wednesday workout here, right. we show up, we're doing all of these body weight workouts. Mm -hmm. What is it that we should be thinking about in order to make sure that our movements are translating into improvements? Put less thought into what your score is and more thought into how well you're moving. Mm -hmm. Like I always say this all the time. If you were, if your score on the whiteboard was how well you moved technique wise, would, would it change the way you work out? Oh, yeah. If we got grades for our movements, yeah. that if would you, make a difference. If it did, and it's a little subjective with the coach, but if that was your evaluation, would you slow down a notch and move better? If your answer is yes, I would slow down and move better, then fix that right now. Okay? I, I don't want to see a good score on the board if you're doing stuff incorrectly. And again, this goes back to, I always have to check myself on this. It goes back to if you care about, you know, your fitness in the way we're talking about, right? If you want to get better at this 10% or you just want to perform better within the sport of CrossFit, right? Ten, top 10%. This is who we're talking to. If that's you, if you want to get to this point where you want to see improvement in the open, if you want to someday get to that top 10%, that's what I'm talking about is you need to slow yourself down a notch, prove you can do it over and over, and then you add the speed component, all right? Another thing I think you can do, videotape yourself. Yes. Because sometimes you think you're moving a certain way, and if you saw a videotape yourself, you'd be like, I've, I've had this happen. We post a story of a class doing a workout, not zeroing in on anybody, just, and someone was like, wow, I did not know I was doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, why do I look like that? Sometimes you really just need to honestly video yourself and just be like, wow, why is my chest coming so far forward when I squat? Oh, maybe that's why I struggle with wall balls so much. Maybe we should have mirrors all over. Just yeah. Like <laughs> New York Sports Club, here we come. <laughs> no, but you're right. I think once you, if there are so many times I lack the body awareness. Yeah. Oh, I'm squatting deep enough. I, I, I think that at its most basic level, and this is something that everybody can apply. Like I'm talking everybody, mm -hmm. right? If you're banged up, you're not banged up. You're new to cross or you're not. Like master the body weight movements as best you can and never stop focusing on them. I want you to be excited 
when you come to the gym and you see a bodyweight movement. All right, because it's been the majority of the open for years. But you just don't see it because it's not sexy. You don't have the barbell. It doesn't make Instagram. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you right now, if you get better at push-ups, sit-ups, burpees, mm -hmm. air squats, it will translate to your fitness. I can't say the same about heavy squat cleans and back squats and deadlifts and squat snatch. Mm -hmm. It just, you need to get better at all that stuff and that thought process should never end. I would say that if you're a newer athlete, you have an advantage yeah. because it's like a golf swing. Once you think you know what you're doing, it's very hard to change yep. your movement patterns. And if, and I know we have athletes that had, they, I know how to do a burpee, I yep. know how to do an air squat, yep. I know how to do these things. I'm not changing what I'm doing. Yep. And if you can, as a coach, tweak them just a little bit to improve, it's huge yeah. for some of these guys who've been doing it for years. If yeah. you're a new athlete, learn it perfect the right I'll tell way. you right now dude i've been coaching a decade now or almost a decade i should say yeah i notice people that move well body weight a million times faster than moving weight with a barbell mm -hmm. because it because i know it translates i love watching people who move well it's really important yep. all right so then let's so we got the uh foundational stuff about moving your body properly then the next aspect is conditioning, mm. which was really important for this open. This Evil year. word. Yeah. <laughs> so what is what do you mean by conditioning? I mean, I would just say be, the ability to maintain a pace throughout an entire workout. Like that, that to me, and when it comes to CrossFit, that's what it is. Because if you really break down what happens in an open workout, you did well, you didn't do well. You, you were fast, you were slow. That's subjective, right? It's up to you to determine that. It always comes down to how much were you resting during the workout, <laughs> really. That is true. How much did you rest during the workout? That is really the determining factor for what your time was, right? You no, know, most people, it, if I said do 60 seconds of wall balls, I'm broken. All right, I'm bringing that up because you just did wall balls, right? Yeah. It's usually between 30 and 35 reps. So you got a couple tall, fast squatters that are a little bit higher, but like, let's say 30 to 35 reps. All right, if there's a workout that has 100 wall balls in it, you should immediately know that, okay, I'm going to be doing wall balls between three and four minutes in this workout. But my time was X. It was because the amount of rest that you went into it, right? So conditioning is not you just sitting on a rower or a bike or going for a run. It's how well can you maintain a pace, a working pace throughout a workout. So conditioning, I'll say this right now, this Wednesday's workout, we have running, mm -hmm. rowing, jump rope. It's going to be a quiet day. I'm telling you right now. It's going to be, oh, that should be my rest day. Okay, that's fine. Rest day. Okay. When you get to the open next year, and if it's, again, we're talking to people that want to take their games to the next level, top mm -hmm. 10% or get closer to it, mm -hmm. your conditioning is going to pop up. Whether you worked on it or you didn't, we're going to find out during the open every single year. So if you're the one that's always coming in on back squat day or deadlift day or squat clean day or squat snatch day because you want to move weight and feel strong, mm -hmm. that's fine. All right. If you're doing that, but skipping the conditioning component for us, it's usually Wednesdays. You're screwed. That aerobic capacity takes time to yep. build. Yep. And when you're grabbing your knees for, like you said, half the workout, it's really hard to over. And it's like eating your broccoli. How do you do that over a whole year? <laughs> yeah. And just. So, so right now we're about 10 months out, 10 to 11 months from out from the next year's uh, open, right? The 2022 open. Yeah. This, that's how long it will probably take for about 90% of the athletes to get their conditioning to that level where they can sustain work for a long time. It's not something this happens every year. January comes rolls around, the Open's coming up. Like, all right, I'm going to start doing my conditioning work now. It's too late. I don't think you need to do sprint intervals right now, 
But what, one thing I think you're going to do if you want to get scientific with this, everyone has fast twitch and, and slow twitch muscle fibers. Everyone does. Part of the job of your slow twitch muscle fibers is to clear fatigue, right? In most cases in CrossFit, it's the legs that get us, right? Your leg fatigue. So what should you do right now to help yourself clear fatigue next February, March? You need to run more. Or if you can't run because of joint issues, get on a rower, get on a bike, and do low intensity but long conditioning pieces. And yes, you can start throwing in some interval work in that, hey, 20 seconds hard, a minute, 40 seconds soft. And just be able to clear fatigue so that you can maintain intensity and prove that you can maintain intensity for those 20 seconds, but your minute 40 is not you sitting on the ground doing no work. Your minute 40 is I'm still working, I'm just saying at lower capacity lower capacity and that what that does and this is what happens to a lot of crossfitters a lot of our workouts are short fast and tense mm -hmm. so you build up capacity within your fast twitch fibers mm -hmm. right yeah Mo i would say eight out of ten workouts are like that okay but what we lack most of us is we don't do a lot of slow conditioning work that we can't clear that fatigue fast enough so you just get to these points where the workout where you're just like dude i'm done i got seven minutes left but i'm done i can't recover because you didn't train that way all year. So this is why I know that it gets old when we talk at the whiteboard about pacing yourself, understanding what you can do, understanding what you can't do, and stop trying to hope, right? Hope's gonna let you down all the time. That's a line from Chris Henshaw, right? <laughs> like, I, I, maybe I'll just sprint the first two rounds and I hope I can get through the rest of the workout. It'll let you down every time. And I'll say this, if, if the more hopeful you are in this sport, right, the less prepared you are. I do remember Matt Frazier recently was talking a lot about that zone two conditioning. Yeah. Would a heart rate monitor help? Man, that, that goes really detailed. In my opinion, in CrossFit, it doesn't. Okay. I think it helps to be aware if you're in zone two. If you have no idea what your heart rate is yeah. in the middle of a, if I told you, hey, go do a 10 minute bike row back and forth, one minute on here, one minute on there. Mm -hmm. It does help to know if you're in that zone two area, 120 beats per minute, mm -hmm. but I don't think you should program off of heart rate, mm -hmm. but I think you should have enough body awareness. So I wore one, a polar one for a long time. You got hooked up to your phone. It's got an app. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, so that feeling I'm right now, that's 150 rates per beats per minute. Mm -hmm. That's like your Metcon type pace. Mm -hmm. Go for it. But so, yes, I do think it can help, but I wouldn't program based off of it. I wouldn't try to go into a workout and be like, I need to stay under 160 beats per minute. Mm -hmm. That's a little too detailed. I think the biggest thing that you get out of it is that you should be training those fast twitch paces, mm -hmm. but you should also be training the boring slow twitch paces because the purpose of slow twitch is to get lactic, out of, lactic acid out of your system, mm -hmm. to absorb it so that your fast twitch can take over again. And if you watch really high level CrossFit athletes, mm -hmm. that's what makes them good is in, in a CrossFit open type test. Like why is it that these elite CrossFitters that are so good at the games and sanctionals, mm -hmm. They're also, they also dominate the open and they can clear fatigue faster than most. And a huge reason why is that they do long, slower conditioning all year. That, that, that is not, it never goes away. And I would say 19 out of 20 CrossFitters, they don't do any of it. They just don't. And it's because it's partially because, hey, hey man, my, my CrossFit gym is what dictates my workouts. They don't program that because we don't have an hour to actually work. We have an hour class that includes the talk, the warm up, the cool down, the get out of here. So if there's anyone out there that really wants to take that to take their conditioning to that level, 
Yes, you can do it on your own. Get some track workouts. Go to aerobiccapacity.com. They, ha- they put out free programming or find a coach that can help you out with that and start putting yourself through these workouts where there's a lot of slow twitch, slow pace, not as fun, boring, repetitive movements that build up your body's ability to clear fatigue. Because what's the first thing we said about conditioning? You have to spend less time resting during the middle of your workout. Mm-hmm. What is resting in the middle of a workout? You're trying to clear fatigue, but you haven't trained that ever. It's just go hard, bro, and it just it doesn't work. You can get every episode of Botox and Burpees wherever you listen to podcasts or go to BotoxandBurpees.com. Thanks for listening.